Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Well, uh, we were talking during the break, and I, I know that you and Ed are really old, and uh, y'all have, and, and, and getting older. Every getting day. older, and it's a good thing. Well, we're proud you're, of y'all. Hey, David, you're not getting any younger. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> and, as I, and as I remembered, I've got more hair than you. You do. Okay, that, that's enough about me. Now you're getting personal. And now I know it. And but, I was wondering. I was wondering, David, when you go to a barber shop to get a haircut. Do, do they charge you for a haircut or a hooter's fee? <laughs> just a shine. I just get a shine. It's a sympathy visit. That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Joe's always had a full head. Ed's got a full head of hair. You guys, though, y'all have had some health stuff, and I'm proud of you guys for just the way you fight and keep on going. Hanging on. Just, right, Joe? Just hanging on. Just, just hanging in there. Yeah. In 76 years of it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's uh, that's good. That is so good. So that means that you're – what's this birthday going to be, Ed? Well, I'm a whole lot closer to 80 than I am anything else. <laughs> Joe, you know I'm going to be 79 this month. Blah. 79. Well, yep. Yep. I yep. knew you were older than me. Uh, yeah. Well, both – and I know I've, of course, experienced some of Ed's – you know, I start talking to him about his health. He starts telling me about getting hurt playing racquetball. And I'm, and that's not what I'm talking about. I know he, he did break his femur and got it all fixed up, but it's uh, it, it, those cancer things that you went through and just your your tenacity to get through it, Ed, has been amazing. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, God has been good, but I can promise you, matter of fact, as of yesterday, every 30 days I go down to Joe Arrington here in town. i got to give him a plug, right? Okay. It's, it's called an infusion, uh, aminotherapy. And I'm going to tell people who are sitting out there wondering what kind of treatment they're going to have. You go down to see people at Joe Arrington, Dr. Shelby, and they've got a drug now that's designated, targeted, other than chemo and radiation, right? I have no side effects. I go every 30 days. I get a scan every six months, and the little spot I had on my liver is lessened. These people are good at keeping you around, I can promise you. Well, that's good. You know, uh, Joe, and you probably have seen this too, I walk into, the, I think, the Red Zone Cafe one day, and Ed's sitting there, and he's got his drink there, and it's full of lemons. I mean, the entire glass is full of lemons, and it, that was part of your treatment, right? It's, it, it's good for you. No, it, it, you can ask anybody. Water and lemon, it's something you ought to do daily. <laughs> Have you tried that, Joe? Well, at the dining hall in college, we'd get a bunch of lemons, and we would, uh, I would just squeeze them over the ice and over the water in my in my drink, and then I'd add a bunch of sugar. So I just made my own lemonade. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, without the sugar, Joe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, without uh, that sugar. I, I, I don't even drink water with lemon. Oh, now shame on I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just too lazy to squeeze the lemon. <laughs> yeah, I know okay. it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> Well, you guys have had amazing careers and uh, at Baylor and at Mississippi State. And, of course, uh, Ed, right here at Texas Tech. Do you remember the old days at Texas Tech, Ed, and our facilities that you had to use? Okay. I'm glad you uh, – well, I, I, I'm going to divert just uh, not away from Texas Tech, but I'm going to do something, Dave, because I said if I forget, Sharon's going to – well, she might kick me in the rear end when I get back to the house. 
You know, they tore down the South End. Yep. And in the South End, there were all these helmet plaques hanging on the wall. People been in there, beautiful yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. Well, instead of trashing those things, I ended up over at the uh, the Letterman's uh, Association with Will Culpepper right now. Yep. And Sharon and I, and um, we're helping Will locate people all over the country that played at Tech, went on to the NFL, and uh, those things are sitting around, and people, not everybody knows because we don't have good numbers for everybody. We're trying to contact everybody that has one of those that was hung on the wall on the South End, right? And uh, we've only got about 10% of those people. Are you going to sit in their helmet? That, that well, the whole the- plaque. The whole plaque, yeah. And, I, and I'm, like I said, I've got to put kudos for Will because Will's doing a heck of a job, you know, replace Rodney, doing a heck of a job trying to contact people that are years gone from tech. A lot of them are deceased, and we're trying to get a hold of families right now. If somebody listening to me knows somebody that played at tech, has got one of those helmets that's. They played in the NFL. Or, and played in the NFL. Yeah, yeah it's an NFL helmet. Yeah. <clears throat> to get a hold of Will or me, either one, and we'll get that thing to people. Okay. okay. Now the change. When I was in Will's office a couple of days ago, I went out his back door, which leads out into the stadium, and looked at that that new monster in the south end. Yeah. You know, Dave, it's hard to believe. Really is. I mean, it is hard to believe that when I showed up here in 1965, you know, the stadium probably sat about 40,000 people, and it didn't look anything like it is today. No. And I, yeah, there's a lot of proud to walk out in that concourse and <clears throat> look any direction. North, Beautiful. South, it really oh is. yeah, it is amazing. Yep, it really. Is. Joe, you won't give the helmet. Well, they, they spend. They, they, I think they spend too much money on. Oh that. come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I played at Baylor. I played at Baylor, and yep. I look at the stadium they play in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they McClain. should have torn that thing down, Joe, yep. a long time ago. You played Floyd you know, Casey look, Stadium, right? Huh? You played at Floyd, yeah, Floyd Casey. Casey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's torn down. Yeah. So, and then uh, <clears throat> it went to Mississippi State. Our weight room was underneath the uh, stands, <laughs> and it it uh, it just had barbells and dumbbells. Didn't have any weight machines or anything like that. And just learned learned to do bench press and curls yeah. and press and stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. High school weight weight uh, rooms have more weights and more facilities than we had in college. Oh, you know, Joe, you're right. You know, my son's up in Ohio in the suburbs, and last year, last fall he coached at Mentor. Now, Mentor High School means nothing to anybody listen to it, but they're the Odessa Permian of years past in the in the uh, Cleveland area, and they've got a weight room up there, that high school, that, well, I haven't seen too many colleges, and I've seen a few that would rival Mentor High School in the suburbs of Cleveland, their weight room. It dates unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you go around here and love these it. These high school stadiums, they build all these elaborate high school stadiums, and yeah, there's no way they're going to fill them up. You know, they don't have that. I mean, at Lorenzo, we filled ours up, but we only had room for 200. <laughs> Y'all were the Hornets, weren't you, Joe? <laughs> yeah, we were the Hornets. Lower Lorenzo Hornets. I just can't believe you played at Lorenzo. <laughs> that is, uh, And then going to the NFL. Dave, isn't, isn't Lorenzo six-man now? Joe, is it six-man now? It's six men. They got three girls on the team. Oh my <laughs> three God. girls no. on the team. Nobody they wants to die. Now we don't even get into that. <laughs> they don't either. He's oh. making that up. And the, and, the cheer, and the cheerleading squad's made up of uh, oh I think two God. guys. <laughs> You're gonna get us off track. Get us off the rail That's here. Say. <laughs> All right. Well, and uh, of course, I got a text here from Jan Brewer. She goes, Ed Mooney. 
Red Raider legend right there. He's the best. <laughs> you know what that means? I'm really old. Yeah. Thanks, Jan. Yeah, that's very nice. She she knows. I'm telling you, Jan Brewer knows. It's uh, you know, you. Yeah, Ed, uh, Ed, I played against him when I was at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, so and and we beat him. You did what? We beat you. Now, now, Joe, we're both getting when old. I was at, when I was at when I was at Baylor. Now, now I know you did. Yeah, it came up here and uh, it was a what seven three game or something. Does that sound right? Oh, I can't remember. The D.D. Lewis was playing for you, right? Wasn't D.D. one of the linebackers? That was the year before. Oh, okay. Y'all came up to Lubbock and beat Ed in the Red Raiders. Yep. Uh, you cheated. Were you the starting quarterback? The way they this was at Baylor, yeah, okay, and Alvin Flynn was the quarterback, and the Baylor coaches decided, well, we're going to just alternate quarterbacks and send plays in that way. So that's how they worked that out. Oh, so I'm not even going to get into the story, David, but I could of why he ended up at Mississippi State and left Baylor. You want to tell him, Joe, why he left and went to Mississippi State? Well, short answer: I left Baylor because. Uh, the coach decided, hey, you can't play quarterback anymore. We're going to move you to defense. So, That's the oh. best part of the story. Wow. They moved, they moved me to defense, and I moved to Mississippi State. So. <laughs> and he got to Mississippi State, and they put him on defense. John Bridges. No. Yeah, John Bridges sent him to Mississippi State. How about that? the rest that? is history, yep. That is so great. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, are y'all still uh, involved with uh, any sports around your neighborhoods or Going to games. I know Ed watched the games last night, but uh, you mainly just play racquetball, don't you? Well, and, of course, we go watch. Tell you what we do now, Joe. You'll get a kick out of this because he and I were talking about this on the phone yesterday. Sharon and I go around and watch other people's kids play now. That's okay. what we do besides yeah. the racquetball stuff. But, oh, we could shoot. No, I, I went out and watched that, that girl out of Monterey. It's a pretty good basketball yeah, player. Yeah, She was on the show last week. Was she? Yeah, Aaliyah Chavez, a Monterey girl. Joe, she leads the nation in scoring, and she's a junior. Oh, really? Yeah, she's something else. Oh, uh, she's a yeah. talent. No, uh, but yeah, yeah. I like you know, Sharon and I. Whenever we can, you know, we go watch other people's kids now. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well, I don't. Do, we don't do too much of that, but uh, when we can, we go watch our grandkids play. That's about it. Well, you had y'all had good kids that could play. Y'all both y'all did. Y'all had kids that could play and compete, and were really great athletes. And that was a fun time for y'all, I know, while your kids were playing sports, weren't they? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Coronada for Joe Reed. And mine are all over the – Joe, how many grandkids you got now? Fifteen. Oh, really? Fifteen. Lord, my, my kids stopped at 12. <laughs> we the, got the, the dirty – No, not the You guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got four. Well, that, and I'm done. That'll keep you busy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a lot for you guys. No great-grandkids yet. No, no great-grandkids. Not on this side yet either, although one of those grandkids is going with a boy. She's teaching uh, at one of the elementary schools here in town, and she's got this boyfriend. And I, David, I can't see myself being a, a great-granddad. Great-grandfather? Oh, my <laughs> God. You're old enough to be one. <laughs> more, well, more than that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you guys have been absolutely great, and uh, it's been so fun to have you on. You know, a couple of Detroit lines, and who would have ever thought that they – and Dan Campbell has done a tremendous job coaching this team, 
And I know he probably made some decisions last week that y'all didn't really like okay. when he was going for it and those kinds of things. <clears throat> but, man, he's taking this team from the nowhere to one game away from the Super Bowl. Joe, what you know, we talked about this yesterday, but if you were coaching that team the other day, what wouldn't you have done? <laughs> well, I would take the points when they get That's them. right. <laughs> take the points. Now, he, he may have been able to make those uh, fourth down plays against, you know, so-so teams, but you're playing against the most elite team in the in the league in San Francisco. So yep. you better take those points when you could. You know, he gave up at least six. They lost yep. by three. Yeah, so. gave up at least six and lost by three. Joe, you remember Curtis yeah. Jordan, right? Yeah. Okay. I ran into Curtis at Zach's the other day, walking in there, and he not two words out of his mouth other than, Mooney, who's that stupid coach in, in Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> and Curtis started railing on him. I said, no, you know. He said, hey, you get in a playoff game and that, that deep into it, and you give up at least, you know, six, maybe nine points. Yeah, Curtis, he, he didn't mince any words. But I had to agree with him, Joe. I you know, you, and you, you well know this. When you get into deep that deep in the playoffs, you take points when you, you get an opportunity. And a lot of people around yeah. town here, Joe, every time I run into somebody, they say, Mooney, what's wrong with that stupid guy up in Detroit? And I said, hey, Dan Campbell's a special guy, and, you know, he's got one of those attitudes that, you know. Well, we get it. We're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. But anyway. <laughs> well, J.J. Johnson's listening right now, Joe, and he says that your daughter, Shanae, was the yeah. best athlete of them all, and that's you had some really good <laughs> athletes. <laughs> but he says yeah. she she was really. I remember her playing softball. She was really good. Yeah, yeah. Those are fun uh, days. So, yeah, those are fun days watching that. Those of you that are just listening, Joe Reed and uh, former Lorenzo Hornet went on to the NFL, and Ed Mooney are here, former Red Raider that went on to the NFL. Both played for the Detroit Lions and. Joe played for the 49ers as well. Are you pulling for – I guess you're pulling for the 49ers this coming Sunday, right? Not tomorrow, but the next I'm, week. I'm I'm really pulling for just a good game. Oh, yeah. I, Dave, I like to hear that. I, I would I would like to see the 49ers win it because of Purdy, but I'd like to see Kansas City win it because of Mahomes. Yeah. But Mahomes is already – well, of course, Mahomes has got, what, three under his belt already? He's got two championships. But he's been to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's amazing his career already. I'm telling you. Oh yeah. Well, you know, Joe, I'm impressed with both of those guys because where they stand, they're both believers, and and they're they're the kind of guys that you and I would like to see out in front of people in this country right now. Other than somebody, you know, beating on their chest and you know and being proud of themselves. So yeah, I from my perspective, uh, it's nice that both those guys have got to. You know, obviously, some serious uh, moral standards and good example for the country. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It is. They really are. They're, they're doing a great job. And Brock Purdy, what is he like? He turns like fourteen next week, doesn't he? He looks like he's fourteen <laughs> years old out there playing. It's true. He looks like, he's like he's a little still kid. School. Somebody's going to send him a razor. <laughs> <laughs> Start shaving and everything. Oh, it, he's really it's amazing. We, Gary and I, when we went to, we actually went to uh, Iowa State and watched Texas Tech play one year. And Purdy was the quarterback. Uh, yep. And he was he a playmaker. Was. He was a playmaker then when we were up there that day. <clears throat> Doing yeah. a good job. I can't believe they team. have so much criticism against him. I, I just can't. I don't see why they criticize him so much. Yeah, I don't either. He's winning. No. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hard to hard, Joe. It's hard to imagine criticizing anybody that's going to be playing the Super Bowl here in a few days, right? Well, you know, the the thing that really got me, one of the quarterbacks that criticized him was Cam Newton. Cam Newton couldn't make it in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. He's criticizing he, Brock he, Purdy. He was saying it. He was saying Purdy was maybe the sixth best player on the team, and there's too much hype about him. <laughs> too and much I, hype. I just, yeah. I just wanted to tell. Cam Newton to shut up. <laughs> Times have changed, Joe. Well, we're about to go out of here, y'all. I just want to thank y'all for being on. We're proud of you guys. We we remember you well and fondly, and you're great Christian men, and we thank you for your, your dedication and what you've done through the years for FCA and so many other things. Y'all are great examples, and we, we are very thankful that you've been a part of our lives. Appreciate it, David. Thank you. Sports Talk Conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Bedford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. All righty. Welcome back. We're with uh, Doral Suter. Probably need to do another one. McGavick Nissan and Infinity of Love. It's a good one. Brent McGavick is yeah. a stud. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Such a great guy. Such a great community supporter as well. They're from Plainview. It's a family-owned operation. In fact, I think if you look at the numbers that McGavick, uh, as far as family-owned dealerships, is number one in the country. They're number one in the country with trucks. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that is uh, unbelievable. If they did a deal with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, he's still with them today. And this is a boy that's in demand. What a huge hit they hit. And he's staying with them. He's, yeah. He's just a loyal guy that says you a lot about Patrick and about Brent McGavick and their team there. Go out and see him on Spur 327 Milwaukee. On Milwaukee is the Nissan. On Spur 327 is Infinity of Lubbock. You'll love their cars in the dealership. Well, we had two conversations during the break, and one of them I think Doyle and I agreed on is that uh, the local umpires, yeah. especially in, in Big 12, yes. or, or the old Southwest Conference, it puts them in a bad spot to call or a, kid, a guy from Austin calling down in, in Austin or yeah. calling Texas games. It's just it's just not. Pull it close to your mouth. Is that what you're and, telling And me? let me tell you this also. There you go. <laughs> is if you get uh, good people, which Curtis and Doyle and a lot of these umpires Dave are. Carter. Dave, Dave Carter. Carter. Yeah. If you get good people, good people really do not want to no. come across as a homer. No, not They don't want that visiting team. To feel like they're getting hosed. Because let me tell you what, when you go on the road, you don't want to get hosed. You just want the best somebody has to offer. So, I think it's real hard for an umpire to call in his own town. It is. And and I think sometimes that they go the other way to show they're not a homer. And and, and then you go to places like Amarillo, they don't care if they're a homer. (laughs) El Paso and Amarillo. Yeah. About as bad as it gets. They just, we're homers. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're trying to be honest and truthful and, yeah. Call what you see. Call just, what you see. That's what all you got to do. Call, what you, call what you see. Yeah. And, uh, and that's have, why people offer you their glasses during the game. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, you fans out there, and you're going to yell at the umpires. Um, don't call them blue if they're wearing a black shirt. I mean, who's blind? You or us? Well, but you I mean, can't yeah. say black. Oh, I know, black. you can't. That's why we can stop all that. You Y'all know? start wearing black yeah. all the time. Yeah, I never care. up? Hey, up. I, you know, I used to tell Chris, you know, I, I started him off in umpiring when he was at Tech, and and uh, and so had a lot of involvement with him. But I used to tell him back in the day, I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to be out there Tuesday night. Y'all really get on me because I'm going to A&M this weekend. And they're going to tear me up, you yeah. know, so get after me a little bit. And 
you know, the fans never bothered me. It was the dugouts. If the coaches were yelling, I didn't care about the players. You know, we have to shut that down. But the coaches yelling, there's a, you know, there's something yeah. going on there. And, uh, but uh, I had great, great memories of uh, Sneeding them heckling. And you literally see them get in the, the, the hitter's head while you're there. You're right there. And they, if they had the, you know, the pocket out, whatever, those guys, they, you see them just melt down at the plate, just melt down. Because but they did it with class. Oh, they, they absolutely. Didn't call them nasty no, names no, or, no names, no cussing. It was just good. Yes, good. I'd, I'd go on the road and coaches would say, "Golly, that is an." I wish I had that group, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they were they're they're phenomenal at what they do because they truly get in the uh, players' heads and coaches sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> it was a lot yeah. of fun. It really was. Uh, the Texas Tech hecklers, they were the best. They, and Gus was a part of that. Yeah, Gus was Gus right said there. Gus part of it. He was talking about, yeah, Gus was like a instigator, like the <laughs> yeah. creator. But he said, Curtis and Doyle and Hub. And Hub. And Hub, right. Kroll, a winner of the Seagrest Award. Because you guys had such a willingness to help young umpires. And yeah. y'all have done it. And you, in particular, done a great job of that through the years, helping these young umpires. It's, that's the best part of it, really is, is the give back. So many people gave back to me. Uh, I, I like to tell a quick hub story, real quick, if you don't mind. I love in your face. Hub hub umpired me as a player, and then taught me when I first got into umpire, and he taught. Yeah. And I went to Estacado as a young umpire, and I got my collarbone broke by working the plate. And uh, we went to the trainer's room, and she was gonna cut that chest protector off of me. Well, it was the first game of the season; it's brand new. <laughs> hub stopped her and goes, "I don't care how bad you hurt him, just don't cut that chest." Protector. Yeah, we're gonna get it off there. <laughs> yeah, then. yeah. He's going to have to endure it. Yeah. But <laughs> Hub was a good one. Oh, my goodness. He really was. Great. was. He spent so much time in from Little League baseball up to college baseball. I umpired college baseball with him and just a great, great person. Yeah. We've had some really, really good ones. And, you know, we give you trouble, but umpires through the years, but it's just, it's all part of the game. You know, when I umpired uh, a lot of high school, um, Coach Magel never yelled at Dave Carter. Coach Magel yelled at me and Curtis all day long. Kurt, uh, uh, Coach Magel never yelled at Dave. Ne- never. Why? I, I don't. The respect there. The true respect. Really, the true respect. I made up for it on Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he did. I mean, that's the truth. I umpired his last five years of his playoff games, and he, he, he did not. You asked me earlier about uh, kind of a story on Coach Magel, but he sat me down one day at a hotel. Uh, I was doing a playoff game, and he said, "Set me down." He goes, "You know, you have to be." prepared for those two or three plays in a ball game you know he he was coaching me as an umpire about being ready for those yeah. crucial plays yeah in the ball but game. let me tell you also <laughs> he probably mentioned that i expect to get those you know, close here, calls here's what's crazy he would get so mad if you homered him and embarrassed him in front of the other coach like don't I, i'm gonna beat him i don't need you <laughs> i don't need your help yeah and he would literally get mad at that yeah. Uh, one time, Curtis and I worked a big playoff uh, game at Plainview, and you know everybody went to first and eight, and we're sitting way over at the another clear across the room, and he walked all the way across the room and grabbed mine and Curtis's ticket, bought our lunch. We were just in shock. We were like, "Wow!" And he's like, "Y'all deserve it." And paid our meal, and we were like, "Wow, that you know that's a coach mail, you know, unbelievable right there." And but we had great coaches in this town, from Coach Magel and Coach. 
Dudley and Rod Gardner. Those guys were just phenomenal in this How about, town. Were, you, were you umpiring when uh, Vince Buffamati was yes, umpire in Love Kai? Yes, sir. He was nuts. He was nuts. He, he really was nuts. Was. He was. I was a young papa. I bet that was something. Yeah. You know what? I've umpired every coach at Tech. So, Ray, Ray I did not umpire Ray. But, you know, in high school, my best friend was Steve Coleman. And Steve went to Oklahoma. Yeah. And Ray was his roommate, so I met Ray. Oh, uh, I met Ray back that. then, and How about he that? and and for for that year that Steve played there at Oklahoma, he roomed with Ray. So I I, I met Ray back then. But talking about Ray Hayward, yes, Ray yeah. Hayward, great man, as we all know. Yes, and um, and then you know my rookie year at Tech umpire, and I umpired Tad Locke, and I umpired J Bob at, at Howard and ACU as a catcher, and then How I about got Frank. Oh, Frank started off Frank at Howard. Uh, then he came to Tech. I umpired him. Then, then would you ever throw Frank out? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. But you know he what? Gave every you a chance year. to throw him out. Oh, yes, and he wanted that. <laughs> let's don't make let's don't mince words. As a coach, a manager's gonna there's there's three reasons why he's gonna get thrown out of a game. Yeah. One, he thinks you missed the call. Two, he's trying to fire up his ball club. And three, he just wants to go. You know. Yeah, he just got other things. Got to go. But uh, but anyway, um. It's what they'd say about Mickey Sullivan down at Baylor. Said if it's a real pretty day, Mickey would yeah. try to get thrown out so he could go golf. Oh, <laughs> no, that ain't true. That's a story. That is a story. That is a true that's story. A story. Yeah, that's a true story. First coach. Yeah, yeah, that is true. They got two o'clock tea time. Hey, yeah. Before we get to the end of this thing, I'll, I'll, I'm serious about these young umpires because we don't need to have a shortage of umpires. How do how do young people get involved? Because you can make some pretty good walking around money. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Well, the best thing is to join the high school chapter. That's where I started. It's where I got my training. Uh, you get everything there. Um, is there a contact person? Oh, yeah. Curtis Alexander. Just oh, call him. Call you know, yeah. And get a hold of him. Trent. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, Trent Petrie has LBA. You know, he's mm-hmm. I, I got uh, he got released at Tech on a Sunday. Called me on Monday morning. Got him into umpiring. And, but anyway, we, we taught a camp at his place the other day. And we had about 25 kids. And we did uh, indoor. And then we went out on his big field that he just built. And you know there we had four big 12 umpires there teaching you know but you get all that for free if you join the high school chapter and you know jv games pay as much as a varsity game so yes yes so you can go do jv baseball make really good money advance up how much you make i think they make 90 dollars plus mileage for a jv game i believe so yes sir huh now i haven't done uh high school baseball in a while i I taught the high school chapter for eleven years, and we got to get into it, Gary. <laughs> get even. With now, people. ask me what the college guys make. <laughs> what do the college guys make? They're making close to a thousand dollars a game. Oh, yeah, thousand a game. So you oh, surely shouldn't miss any calls. And there's well, a lot you know, of games. <laughs> the, hey, hey, we Gary could have still be coaching if we'd had instant replay. I yeah. mean, I, I, that's, that's the truth. Yeah, because instant replay. All you don't I have to was anymore. right, and you can't get it. Right, no, you so can't. You might as well go vent. Right. Yeah. But if that's you right. can get it right, you would just simply walk out there. Yeah. and say, Hey, it's the best thing. It. It's the Why best thing. Why don't we get this right? Yeah. All the speed up rules are not helping the game. I remember Coach Tadlock told me when he first came on board, he didn't like. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty close to him, and we talk rules all the time. He calls me a lot on after a game during a game. My wife will usually be watching the game. She'll say, oh, this happened. I bet he's going to call you. And yep. It's funny. He does. And I've got a Big 12 umpire, Mike Morris, in town today to just go over rules with him today here at 11 o'clock. And, but, oh, Mike, uh, yeah, Mike's a good one. I started, you know. 11 o'clock. I, that's 10 minutes. 
Yeah, he's speaking to the team for an hour on okay. all the pitching rules and different things that's going on. Let me ask you this question because I've wondered this a long time. What how, how what is a strike? What how wide is the plate? Seventeen inches. Seventeen inches. That's how wide the is the white part the strike or is the black part also part of the strike? That black part is part of the strike. Okay. And any part of the ball that can catch any part of the plate is a strike. Is a strike. You know, Matt Gardner helped me out uh, a few years back. I was struggling with the pitch. And it was getting the front edge of the plate and going out and being caught out, you yeah. know. And but it was catching the front edge of the plate, which is truly a strike. That's a strike. But as fans, you're gonna get, you know, they want to see holler. the catcher's glove yeah, over here. Yeah, that windshield wiper. He's going way out to get it. But yeah, here's the thing: a guy will foul off great pitches. They're just barely off the plate, inside or out. Yeah. He'll foul those off. Like Ashby, he's up there to bat. If he fouls three of those off that are not part of the plate, what is he telling me that that's a strike? So. Then he doesn't swing it, and I call it strike, and he tells me it's off the plate. I'm like, well, you just fouled it off three times. Yeah, I know it. No, I'm swinging at those close ones just so you won't, That's right. won't ring me. Yeah. And yeah, the, just try to stay alive. And now with the with the K-Zone and everything that they have now, I was looking at text the other day, and Petrie scored like a 93. Nowadays, that's what's taking up so long because, you, we, to be honest with you, we had two zones. You had the zone when you weren't on TV. That was pretty big. That was a ball off the plate and a ball in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was legal back then, and coaches knew it, and they knew we were going to get a ball off the plate and a ball in. That's a foul ball that you get. But now we're on TV, and you get the. You, by the time yeah. you get back to your locker after the game, your your whole K zone strike zone, pitch by pitch, is in your chair of how you did. Yes, and so now you can't get off the plate. You can't expand it. I'm not one to expand it three balls. I'm one to expand it one ball off and one ball in. Yeah. That's right on the plate. You know, Bill Brasher used to have those home plate umpire meetings with when he was coaching high school and 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 uh, probably at Tech too, and he was up here as an assistant. But he didn't used to go to the umpire meeting. But he'd say the umpire say he go, "What's going to be the strike?" And the umpire said, "I'm going to give you one ball inside, two balls outside." Oh my! And Bill would say, "The next question you say, are there any other rules that you just arbitrarily changed <laughs> right, right. that I need to know about?" <laughs> Bad verbiage right there. Don't ever tell them that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where my strike zone is going to be. We're going to find out. You know. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, a pro umpire in the game really helped me with. He's he was like, "Hey, I mentioned going somewhere in the Big 12, and it wasn't a fun place to go." And he said, "Hey." you got to find something you like about that place because you will umpire with a bad attitude because you don't like going there. And that was really a true statement. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't like going to Manhattan. You flew into Kansas City, you drove two hours to Manhattan back then. Now it freeze your butt. Right. And and everybody talked, you know, how bad it was to get in Lubbock. Well, you fly into Lubbock and you're five minutes away from Overton and five minutes away yeah. from the hotel. But but anyway, um, but just – he he said, "You look. You're gonna have to break." The, I was like, "Man, it's a big, long, you know, nine inning game." He was like, "No, take you three pieces of gum, chew a piece of gum the first three, chew another piece the second three, and chew another piece the third." And he goes, "And when you do that, let the chips fall the first three, and then try to get better at the middle three than you were the first three, and then the last three that matter so much, try to be better than you were the middle three and the first three. Yeah. And so there was, some, you know, there really was some logic about trying to get better as the game went along, and. Be consistent. You know, all all Gary wanted as a coach or a player, just be consistent. And if you can be consistent, you can be successful. You know, the, the second hardest umpiring job uh, behind the plate certainly is the, by far the hardest. But these first base umpires and these throws at first, <laughs> I don't know how they get it, and they get it right. You know what's fascinating? Every time. What's fascinating is when they invented the game of baseball, that ninety feet was what they did. Yeah, and ninety feet's 
the perfect it's amount. The perfect it's the amount. perfect amount of the yeah. time. It's perfect. It's close yeah. so yeah. many times. That's why Tadlock likes Curtis so much. You know, Curtis quit umpiring college uh, baseball, but he'd take Curtis out on the bases because he he loves Curtis's judgment on the bases. And but I have to tell you the story. Uh, Coach Hayes is the one that got me into the Big Twelve. He turned my name in. I wasn't in the Southwest Conference and I wasn't in the Big Eight. And they joined together that year, and I got in. And thank goodness I was under Dave Carter and Curtis's toolage and. But I have to say, one time Larry walked by me and he said, hey, uh, man, you got two ladies back there really giving you a hard time back there. I said, I know, it's <laughs> my wife It's my wife and mother. Don't worry about it. Go on. <laughs> you know, I, my, yeah, as you know, my wife worked for Dan Law, and I, I do a ball game, and I'd come oh, home. Oh, that one between the break that you're talking about, Dan Law asked you to come out and tell that story real quick. We only got like a minute. Yeah. He asked you to come out and watch – Oh, Tanner, he come out, wanted me to come playing. watch Tanner play, and he said, hey, come out and watch Tanner play. So I was like, okay. I usually don't go to ballparks. So I get in trouble sitting there. And Anyway, I go out there, and David gets thrown out of the game, and Dan Law gets <laughs> yeah. thrown out of the stands, and they're both out there in the outfit. The I look pastor. at my wife, Cindy. I'm like, we might ought to leave. Is. We might ought to leave. <laughs> you know, because I told Dan they got to play wrong, and I told him what the rule was. <laughs> And Dan starts yelling at the umpire yeah. and points over at me and goes, well, he's a Big 12 umpire. <laughs> yeah. And they throw Dan out, and I looked at Cindy, and I'm like, it's time for us to go. <laughs> we best move on. Okay, yeah. you got 30 seconds. What do you got to say? Join the high school chapter if you there want you to go. officiate. That's Be what a it's part. about. Thank you, yeah. Doyle, for what you've done. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you all. for your Love commitment your and being a part and just the man you are. You've been something. You're a blessing to people. Well, I appreciate it, and I uh, appreciate you all. Love doing the show. Appreciate it. And, again, what an honor, Cal Seegers. What oh, honor. it is such an honor. It really you is. Bet. And well-deserved. Well you ought to be proud of your career. You did good, buddy. You ought to keep umpiring. No, you know. You still got more in you. You got five seconds. Well, my See Big 12 supervisor called me yesterday, and that's what he told me. You know? <laughs> All right. I was like, no, I'm done. I got great kids and golf. Sports talk conversations with a good laugh mixed in. This is the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Here's another great Red Raider, love of truck sales. That's Cody Kinsey, James Kinsey. And they were doing those trucks when y'all were coaching out there, Rick. Yeah, they were. They're great. They've been great supporters for so long. For so long. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, if you need a truck or a tractor, trailer, they got all the big names. They got the, the equipment that you're looking for. They can fix it. They can make it. They can source the part. They can keep you up and running. And Gary and I, when we went out there a couple of times, you just, you just walk through that facility and you go – this is spotless. You could eat That's off a truck store. Well, if James Kinsey's going to be part of anything, God. you know it's going yeah. to be first class. So It is first class. Just outside the loop on the Slayton Highway. At least when you drive by, just look over. You're heading to post. Look over to your left. You're coming back in. Look to your right. And you'll go, man, that's a great-looking facility. <laughs> it is. That's the way it ought to look if you're running a tight ship like yeah. they do. Well, it's... Middle of Odessa, y'all come up here. Get your trucks up here. All right. Rick Dox is here. And uh, we're going to talk a little football now and a little uh, NFL and the Super Bowl. You like Super Bowl? You fired up about it? You know, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Uh, Are you glad that Detroit got beat? Would it not have been as exciting if Kansas City was playing Detroit, would it? Probably not. But <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I, I love that Detroit team. I do, too. I, I love, love Kansas Campbell. I was for them. I was, too. I was pulling for them. I was, too. You know, the only thing. You know, and he's caught some heat about going for it and on fourth downs, but he's done it all year and he's been consistent. So I really don't have a problem with that. I would have liked to have seen him when when they had the ball uh, on about the thirty-five or forty, and they still had all three of their timeouts. Yeah, 
They and there was a minute forty left. They could have kicked the field goal at that time, kicked off, had yeah. all three of their timeouts, mm-hmm. and they would have been guaranteed with a three and out to get the ball back. Exactly. That's, that's the only decision that I wasn't, you know, I thought well, wasn't I think the best. When you're up fourteen, and and you've got a chance to make it a three score lead. You're talking about four half. Yeah, yeah, and, and I know. I don't. I, I don't know what book you'd have to read where it would say don't <laughs> kick the field goal. I mean, Whatever you do, I, I know you look at the book, and, and I go with whole, analytics. I go with a whole lot of those analytics, but I but I'll also say that I can't imagine any analytics book saying don't go up seventeen points right before half. Well, the other thing too that I thought, you know, if you if you go for it and you don't make it. You lose some momentum going into oh, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the reason I think you take the points there. Take the points. And you're up three. I mean, you're up three scores. Keep There's your no momentum. Way. And you're Keep your you got the momentum. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, instead they failed. Now they go into the locker room. Losers. We didn't make it. You yeah. know. I don't know. I, I was just – oh, I thought they were going to win. I really thought they were going to win. I was. It blew me away when I was watching it. They were scoring like that. And those turnovers, that fumble by the running back. Yeah. Those kind of things just kill you. You can't have those. No, those and you know they had the one receiver that dropped third down catches on two possessions yes, in a row. He did, and that was to me that was probably the difference in the football game. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, uh, the I you know what he did this year with that team was unbelievable, and and uh, you know to be in position where you're actually you know you're a player two away from the Super Bowl. Where did Goff play college? I should know that. He played Cal, at Cal. Right? Yeah, Cal. Yeah. yeah, I've got a picture on my phone with we were in Austin, and I, it was me and my father and and uh, Dusty, my son, and and we were in the Cal locker room after they beat Texas. Sonny was coaching at Cal at the time. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, and and Cal went down and beat them in Austin, and uh, we got we had a picture after the game. It was pretty pretty special time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he he played what well. What in the world was Sonny thinking going to Cal? Because He's not gonna fit in at Cal. No, you know, Gary. Though sometimes you're, uh, you know, you're. He's he's at uh, 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 Louisiana Tech. Yeah. And yeah. you know you you've been at Louisiana Tech for a while and you've done really well, and you have a chance to go into the Pac Pac twelve, and Cal Cal. You know he got a pretty substantial raise. They they raised his money for assistance, so he's able to hire a pretty good staff. And you know, at that time, you're like everybody. I mean, you think that you're the guy that can turn that thing around. And it's not like Cal hadn't been. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they had Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Marshawn Lynch, and I mean, you look at the guys that have played at Cal that are in the NFL. I mean, yeah. they're as impressive group as anybody. And so, uh, but it it. It ended up not being a great fit, and they're just, you know, it takes a special coach. It probably takes a Californian, actually, to coach at Cal that's got a little bit. <laughs> yeah, in the weed. Yeah. Okay, everybody well, circle up. I didn't mean that, David. <laughs> you know, but it's not as, you know, not as committed to football as, as what Sonny had hoped for. And yeah. it wasn't really at the athletic department level. It was at the higher levels, the oh. president and. Yeah, you know the board, and they just weren't they as get com- it. <laughs> well. They weren't as committed as what they had said they were. Yeah. you know when they hired them. And Everybody so anyway. should be so for- fortunate to have a Lawrence Skubinik. Is oh he amazing oh, guy? He- a president at Tech. He's the best. He really is. He's I've never seen anything best. like it. He's no. tremendous. I've had a chance. You know, I've been we've bounced around quite a bit, and 
and uh, uh, he he is the very best. I mean, phenomenal. And he's got he's just he's so humble. That's what I yeah. like the most about him. You yeah. know, he'll just you know he'll sit down and have a drink with you, and he's just he's fun and he's humble, and 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 yet you know that they that he cares so much about tech and mm-hmm. and the, the the students. You know, he's not he just does. about it's athletics. Genuine. He's well, and genuine. He, and he's he's a brilliant man, but he, he makes you think that you're as smart as he is. And you know, <laughs> so you're he really not. has to dumb it down when he comes yeah. on our show. Yeah. yeah. I can't <laughs> even I can't even imagine what he how he gets ready to come on here. <laughs> Here, let me stay up all night. Watch, <laughs> yeah. watch his Sesame Street or something. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me in the face before I get there, will you? <laughs> no, he's he's just a uh, he's a great he's a great guy. He's the best, and you know, uh, and his boss Ted Mitchell's. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Patty. Yeah. No, well, who, it goes without saying That's about Patty. Patty's just uh, she's so much fun. She's a tiger. I don't know if she is. She is a tiger. And. and he, I think she's more committed to tech athletics. I mean, she lives and dies. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's not. She sweats them it's, out. It's serious stuff. It is. So we we're so fortunate. But to, you mentioned Ted Mitchell, and he's we're blessed to have him as chancellor. Oh, we we're are. so we're just, fortunate at tech right we, now. And to have Kirby Hocutt. Oh, is he may be the best athletic director ever? Well, he's really good. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have gotten to know Kirby down through the years, and we're good friends. And, you know, I'll say this, Kirby, Kirby has had numerous opportunities to leave Texas Tech. Yeah. Numerous. And make, you know, we pay him well, but he could, I'm not going to say double his salary, but he could, he could make a lot more than he's making at Texas Tech now with, you know, at Ohio State or wherever he, really wherever he wanted to be. And we are so lucky you know, and it's a tribute to the people here in West Texans, and and really, you know, Kirby. Part of the reason Kirby loves Texas Tech is because he works for such a great president. Yeah, I mean that makes a huge difference who your boss is. Mm-hmm. And but you know his family's doing great, Diane's doing great, the boys are. They good. love it here. They, they love do it here. love it here. They love it here. Uh, you know, we. I love to see him down at Possum Kingdom in the summer times, and he, he's yeah. just uh, and he's fit in really great to the community. But let's. I mean, let's appreciate how lucky we are that we have such three great people, Mitchell, Skubanek, and, and Kirby. Yeah, the best. Hocutt. I mean, we're so lucky. How, and, how do and you really, get that? All that? three the best. I mean, how do you get – you're just very fortunate, blessed. We are. We're so blessed, and, and I, I think that's why it's beginning to show up in, in our athletic teams as well. I mean, you know. Well, the people they're, they're hiring and surrounding themselves with are – the best, the best. Yeah, I mean, you know, you worry about Joey McGuire. He was going to go. He's going to come here and go somewhere else. Grant McCaslin's going to come here and go. I don't think so. I no. think they're here, yeah. and this is where well, they like want Tim. to be. Tim could go. Tim Tad like he could go, go anywhere. anywhere. But Tim he's, can. He's here. He's here. Yeah. Kitley. Kitley. If anybody's looking for a track coach, they'd look at Kitley. <laughs> yeah, but he they ain't might going. hire him. No, they're here. They're just they love it here at Texas Tech. Well, we in Lubbock, Texas, and and that's to, to you know really to our, you said it. Our fans. Our support systems, you know, you're the deal when you're at Texas Tech and Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. You're a big well, deal. Well, as you travel around, too, 
you know, our facilities, I mean, when they finish the south end zone, our, there's not going to be any place in the country. Now, that might be bigger in, at, you know, at A&M or something, but there's not going to be anywhere in the country that has nicer facilities than what we have at Texas Tech. Yeah. And it starts at the football program, the basketball, I mean, the Womble Center. The track. The track. I mean, the softball field. The baseball, do baseball stuff. Yeah. I I'm mean, amazed at what we've we done. are. We're so fortunate, and uh, and Kirby has done such a great job you know, with our facilities here that we mm-hmm. attract the best coaches and we can keep the best coaches. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's, you need them cause we're, we're off the beaten path. You know, we are. We're not in the, in the metro middle of stuff. No, we're, it's, I mean, tech of, is not, I mean, as much as we love Lubbock, it's not the easiest place to recruit to. I mean, I've, you no. know, I spent 10 years out selling yeah. Texas tech and, and, uh, and Lubbock and Lubbock. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, we have, we have the best people. And that's what makes tech so special. That's what you sell. And Lubbock. And uh, and that's what you really sell. But and they know it. it. The kids see it, too, when they get here, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah, they do. They see it. They do. And you well, I are... think that's why, too. You know, it's interesting when you coach these guys and, you know, that I've had the opportunity to coach. And, you know, and I've been very fortunate to have stayed in touch with a lot of them. And, you know, I, I don't know any one of them that wouldn't move back to Lubbock right now if they had a chance. Mm-hmm. You how, know? About, how about Josh Young? He bought a house and he lives. His, he lives in Lubbock. Yeah, that's where he lives. Yeah. Well, those guys I talked to. I mean, you know, the Byron Hansbards and I, I. I mean, those guys. They they loved Lubbock in West Texas. Yeah. And they are, you know, they would, you know, the guys would move back here in a heartbeat if they could make it work. You know, I mean, it's just so. Yeah. It's just a special place. I mean, it's because it really they, is. It's a couple of the guys you talked to recently. Uh, one of them just got a job in the NFL. So when did you talk to Cliff last? Well, I don't. It's not. You official. talk pretty regular. I I do. Yeah, I stay in pretty good contact with Cliff. Uh, I don't think it's official yet with the with the Las Vegas. But oh, he, is it not? I don't think it's official yet. But I thought I saw it on ESPN last night. It maybe it has. I I, I didn't. Maybe or I, maybe it said they're talking to him. About well, it. I know. Uh, I think it's going to happen. Good. So whether it's been announced or not, and and it's a great opportunity for Cliff. I'm really excited about that. He, I guess, the ideal role for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, Cliff knows. Cliff, Cliff is a football coach. He's he, but he he just didn't, you know, he didn't like to travel. He didn't like the recruiting. I mean, but he loves he loves to coach football. Some of the aspects of being a head coach is yeah. worn in his wheelhouse. No, although I think with the right coordinators cliff could be a tremendous head coach i still do that i still believe yeah that. if he had the right people that could do well, those jobs probably more so in the nfl yeah than college i agree no question yeah no question and the things that come in college you know you're in college you're more of a ceo than you are a football coach honestly i mean you're yeah you know you're out speaking to groups you're out recruiting yeah. you're out raising money i mean you're doing those types of things in nfl I thought cliff was uncomfortable you know, maybe one on one, he's very comfortable, but in, in a group and all that, I always felt like he'd sure rather be. He didn't like else. groups, really. No, and he, you know, I mean, it's he he loved to coach football. He loved to, you know, he yeah. loved the, you know, and I did too. I, I mean, that's one of the things. You know, I don't miss a lot of things about coaching, but the preparation to prepare a team and everything it takes to you know prepare a team to play on Saturday, an offense where you're designing plays against. Yeah. 
I mean, that. That is fun. Oh, it's the best. It's fun. And when it all comes together, there's nothing better. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, and, and that's what Cliff is so good at. He you know, really is. Oh, he's, he's, he's got a, he probably has as good a football mind as I've ever been around. I mean, he just understands the, you know, the, the concepts of, you know, offense and spreading the field and getting everybody involved and, you know, and the matchups. And I mean, he's, he's seemed like in Arizona, the, the, the quarterback, I forget his name. Tyler Murray. Tyler Murray. Murray. Seemed like he Uh, got too big. What's his deal? Too big for his britches. He did. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a a team guy. He was a me guy. I'm not a big fan. And, you know, and, and I, and from what I read in the paper and what I, you know, saw, there were some times that, you know, Cliff and him didn't see eye to eye on things, but Cl- you know that's Cliff. He never said ever said a negative word yeah, about him. That's yeah, that's right. And that's he's not going to. I mean, he that's and, just yeah. You kind of want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to. Kind of want to defend yourself. <laughs> I wanted to defend him. Yeah, you know, but he 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 he's not going to do that. I mean, that's just the person he is. So, uh, anyway, I, you know, I don't think Kyler Murray's been a great teammate. I'll just say that in some instances. I hope he matures and. Because he's such a special talent, but so athletic, my yeah, gosh! But he needs to just short. He is, but David, he can make up for it because there's. You I think mean, he's got little man syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> he is, short, but he, you're, you're uh, right. You say he can't see over. Well, sure he can. He's going to run over there. Yeah, and he's well, nobody's over there. He can't see over him right now, but in one hundredth of a second, he's not <laughs> he going to be there. Yeah, he won't he be there see. anymore. Yeah, he's got special talents. He does, and. uh but I just think he, you know, he needs to work on uh, the role that a – you know, if you look at the great football teams and you look at the Super Bowls, I mean, the winners of the Super Bowls, you can say every year or the guys that get there, the teams that get there, what do they have in common? They have great quarterbacks. Yeah. And they don't only have great quarterbacks. Their quarterbacks are leaders. Those are the leaders of their football team. Even Josh – I saw him interview Josh Allen yesterday. They're playing a Pebble Beach golf deal. And he had such a great interview talking about, you know, the season and his teammates and, you know, how he needs to step his game up. And, you know, I mean, it was just uh, – and you just don't see those other guys doing yeah. that. He but could, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, oh, this, he's the, the best. best. He's he the, the best. best. And the most humble, you know, if, if it goes wrong, it's his fault. Those guys drop the balls. I mean, it is maddening. Oh, first part of the year, oh, they're going yeah. – oh. All right, you, you're the you're the NFL owner. You can draft Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Dak Prescott. Put them in order. Who would you take first? I know mine. Man, that's a really hard because Josh Allen's. It's between Josh 30, Allen 30 and Patrick. Seconds. Uh, I'm a, I'm a either I'm, one of those first two. Patrick Mahomes and me too. Yeah, but which <laughs> one I'm younger? Uh, probably Josh Allen. I might take but Josh they're close. Allen. But but Mahomes would be on my list. No, he's down the list of ways. <laughs> yeah, he's not. What's his problem? You've been listening to the Sports Talk with Thetford and Ashby podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Catch the show live Saturday mornings from nine to noon on Double T ninety seven three FM or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app.